0: Hello and welcome to the new vision podcast news around Uganda with me, Razia Athman. It's 10th of August and will begin in the kitchen because even with several alternative sources of energy, charcoal is still what most homes use. Capelebyong is a major town for charcoal burning. The black pieces of burnt timber have been much cheaper bought from here, but that is changing soon. The District Council plans to introduce an increased indirect tax on charcoal burners to reduce the rampant cutting down of trees. The district statistics show that Kapelebyong sells more than 1,000 bags of charcoal monthly to the outside districts of Soroti and Kumi. Kapelebyong charcoal makes it to parts of Kampala. About a hundred trees are cut down for charcoal burning in a month. Currently, the district authorities are leaving 2,000 shillings per bag of charcoal. But the local council five chairperson, Francis Akorikin, says they have a plan to increase the indirect tax from 2,000 to 7,000 shillings per bag. They believe this will raise the cost of charcoal from 27,000 to 35,000 shillings per bag. With a business not so profitable, they hope locals will desist from cutting down trees. As a district, we are quite constrained because we don't have enough, we don't have a road unit equipment to work on our roads, so we rely on borrowing from neighboring districts. And currently, Katakui has been very helpful for us, giving us equipment, but it comes at a cost because transporting uh, just a roller using a low bed costs us almost 4 million. Uh, to and fro, so it's quite very hectic and quite very uh, expensive for us as the people. And we want to request that the Government of Uganda, the, of the Parliament, to allocate resources that can help us to, to work on our roads. We now move outside Uganda, on the DRC border in Arua, where Ugandan traders are operating from. Ejupala, Nyo and Kampala markets are busy as ever. And now many here cross from Uganda daily to look for their bread. It's illegal, and they were recently discovered. The Ugandans, who've opened markets here in the neighboring Democratic Republic of Congo, risk facing the law. Luigi Candini, the councillor representing Arrivo sub-county, says they've toured the borders and issued warnings. They are working with security operatives and Uganda Revenue Authority to nab those found on the wrong side. The traders who move up and down have become what we call social insecurity. This one we are going to apprehend them with Uganda Revenue Authority and other sister security agencies as soon as possible. And once again preparations are in high gear at the Nebi Catholic Church that has set 14th of August as the date for the consecration of the new bishop. Bishop Raphael Pimoy Wokorach will be consecrated at Nebi Cathedral Parish on Sunday. The earlier consecration date was postponed due to the second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. The diocesan pastoral coordinator, Father Emmanuel Ochokuru, confirmed the new date the long awaited day eventually is coming and it is very near the preparation is in its high gears uh, however it will not be a big burden to organize it because of the current situation of the coronavirus there will be only limited number of people who will be there but the media houses will help us uh, to, will help to connect us with you. You will not be able to attend the occasion. I believe they will give full information about everything taking place and even relaying it live on some of the uh, radio stations and television. The consecration of the new bishop has excited the Christians in Nebi Catholic Diocese. It is what we have all along been waiting for as Christian. You know it is almost three years down the road without the bishop in the diocese. We are very happy. It has been uh, really a long wait. So I think if uh, it has been announced like this, we are very grateful. All of us got worried because uh, given the nature of this, this virus, it, 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 we seem not to be having an end to it. There seem not to be an end. And yet the bishop-elect was already here and uh, there was a, an administrator, decision-administrator. Rafael Pimonio Okorach becomes the fourth bishop of Nebi Catholic Diocese after succeeding Bishop Sanctus Lino Wanok who was transferred to Lira Catholic Diocese. Fifteen case files have been opened up against blogger Fred Lumbuye Kajubi, who is currently in detention in Turkey. It's alleged that Kajubi has been spreading harmful information, sharing videos which incite the public and other cyber crimes. The police spokesperson Fred Enanga says they are ready to receive him. Until Fred Kajubilumbuye is handed over to the police, we shall come up with a statement indicating the allegations against him, the status of the investigations against him, and so on and so forth. So that is where our boundary is, whether he's in the country or whether he's not yet in the country. And High Court has issued an order stopping government from paying businessman Dodovico Mwanje 3.8 billion shillings in return for his land, which he used to house the now-demolished St. Peter's Church in Deva on may 11 2021 parliament's ad hoc committee on land compensation approved 3.8 billion shillings to be paid to dodovico after the high court pronounced him the rightful owner of land comprised of kibuga block 7 plot 39 on which the church was located however Christians led by Lucin Subuga applied to court to stop this payment, saying that Parliament's approval to compensate Dodovico was made in total disregard of the ongoing court proceedings challenging the judgment which resulted in the transfer of the land to Dodovico. To everyone's surprise, Dodovico did not object to their request prompting the principal judge Flavian Zaja to stop government from paying the Dovico until all cases related to the land are resolved. Early this year, Subuga asked court to have the church land case heard again, saying that they have since received new evidence which they didn't have before, proving that the land belonged to the church. The Uganda Human Rights Commission says it has registered 40 cases of human rights violations in the 42 days of lockdown that was recently imposed by the President. The Director, Complaints and Investigations and Legal Services at the Commission, Ida Nachiganda, explains that 20 of the cases were from the Commission's Central Regional Office and complaints were made using the toll-free line since people could not access their offices physically. Nachiganda says that the cases recorded included allegations of torture, detention beyond 48 hours, and for many their rights were violated as a result of moving beyond designated hours of the curfew. People who reported these complaints alleged that their rights were violated as a result, most of them as a result of moving beyond the hours designated for curfew. And that was moving beyond 7 p.m. So yes, that is the brief on the complaints that we received. And uh, we are handling these complaints as we are mandated to handle them. The acting chairperson of the commission, Patricia Chan, has also urged the government to prioritize acquisition of a sizable amount of the vaccines to expedite the mass immunization program. There is urgent need for the government to do much more to ensure enough vaccines are available, accessible, and affordable for the target population in Uganda. This way, more lockdowns can be avoided as the country builds hard immunity from mass vaccination and increases the chances of getting the country back to normalcy. Achan has urged the public to observe standard operating procedures as stipulated and avoid waiting for authorities to remind them, saying that after easing the lockdown, many people especially in downtown Kampala have started violating the SOPs. The commission is concerned mainly about the responsibility exhibited by those who are actually plotting the SOPs. People are forgetting the SOPs they think COVID has ended. Citizens are duty-bound to among others, respect rights and freedoms of others. So in following SOPs you are actually respecting the rights and freedoms of others, much as you're protecting Yourself, the High Court has awarded 75 million shillings to Mitiana Municipality Member of Parliament Francis Zake as compensation for his violated personal liberties by police when it invaded his home and detained him. Zake was arrested from his home in Busua Bulongo in Mitiana during the first lockdown on accusations that he was putting people at risk of catching COVID-19 while he distributed food to the vulnerable. He was arrested on April 19, 2020 for defying presidential directives and taken to several police stations where he was beaten and tortured without allowing his lawyers or relatives to see him and later dropped at a hospital. Justice Esther Nambayo has ruled that the police actions of detaining Zake for more than 48 hours without taking him to court was a violation of his rights and so government should compensate him. Zake sued Abel Kandiho, head chief of military investigation, Bob Kagarura, the Wamala regional police commander, Alex Muine, the Mitiana District Police Commander, Eli Womonya the Command and Special Investigations Unit, Chireka, and the Attorney General for torturing him. And that brings us to the end of our podcast this Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe.